the YZPTX podcast. This is your host, Azra Siddiqui. As a reminder, YZPTX is my platform to inform the South Asian community about Texas and national politics. You can find us on all forms of social media, such as Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Our handle is at YZPTX. You can check out our website, www.yzptx.com. And last but not least, you can listen to our podcast. They're on Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, and iTunes. And they are also aired on Radio Zod and Coffee Mornings with Aisha on Mondays. Remember, everyone, let's get educated, let's get wiser, and let's start giving a hoot. All right, folks, um, I have an interesting interview with y'all today, and I'm very excited to share. It's with my big boss, Comptroller Hager, and uh, the Comptroller is actually where I work for my full-time job. I do Wise Up Texas on the side to help um, inform the Desi community um, about Texas politics. And I'm really excited because he will be talking to us about the Texas budget, the numbers of the Texas budget, what the budget looks like compared to other years, um, about public school finance and how it's correlated with the rising property taxes many of y'all are facing. So I'm really excited about this interview. I think you guys will find it very beneficial and helpful. And um, I hope this will also motivate y'all to realize that what's going on down in Austin at the Texas legislature is incredibly important because this is what's impacting you day to day. Um, and this is what's impacting your children's lives and you're impacting your taxes and the amount of money that's um, you're paying on them. So I hope you all will find this um, interview to be exceptionally informative and again, motivated to keep tabs on your representatives because these are the ones that are making the decisions down in Austin. All right, before we get to that interview, wanted to do a little bit of news. Um, on the national level, we have um, the news of Amy Klobuchar, who has entered the race on the Democratic side uh, to be a presidential candidate. Um, she is the fifth female to enter the race, which is pretty exciting. You know, last uh, presidential race, we only had one, and now we have five. It's what a time to be alive and what an exciting time. So um, I'm sure that's going to ger- generate a lot of excitement for many people. Um, she has been under some controversy as um, there has been some news about the way she treats her staff. But I'm not going to get too much into um, about her campaign this segment. Um, let's p- pivot on back over to state politics. Uh, the Texas governor um, gave the state of the state and um, he has stated that there are five very important things, um, emergency items in which he wants to, um, for uh, the Texas legislature to focus on. So Governor Abbott's five emergency items are funding public schools, increasing teacher pay, school safety, property tax reform, disaster response, and increasing funding for mental health. Um, I know that there was also the State of the Union by President Trump, um, and while that was important for the state of our nation, I really want to hone in on what Governor Abbott has um, stated as his emergency items, as these are the issues that are going to impact us more um, on a local level. And again, like I stated earlier, Comptroller Hager will be uh, discussing with us two of these um, emergency items, which is the funding of public schools and property tax for reform. So let's pivot on over to the interview, um, and I hope you all enjoy it. Well, Comptroller Hager, thank you so much for joining us today. It's good to be with you today. Thank you. 
So, you're the comptroller for the state of Texas. Yes. Do you mind telling me what exactly does the comptroller do? Well, the comptroller's office, a little different than other states. A lot of people ask me, what are my peers or my colleagues? And, and in other states, it's very different because most states, there's the treasury. In other words, the agency that pays the bill. So here in the state of Texas, our state budget on an annual basis right now is almost $110 billion. Oh, wow. So we make sure we make all the payments for every single sector of state government, whether it's public education, whether it's universities, medical uh, health and human services, criminal justice. So it's about 12 million payments a year, oh, which wow. uh, during a 40-hour work week, if I had to sit and sign checks, that'd be about 96 checks every 60 seconds. However, the treasury runs seven days a week. And most payments in today's world, they're not a physical check anymore. Right. They're electronic transfers. But we've got to make sure all the payments are going where they're supposed to. And then the other side of the of the agency, a big portion, which in most states is a separate state agency, but Texas has them combined, is the revenue side. So okay. in other words, we're the tax collection agency mm -hmm. for the people of the state of Texas. So we handle both sides of the ledger, tax revenues coming in as well as expenditures going out. And so I really talk about the three core constitutional duties of this office. Two of those are that. The third one is really just monitoring the economy and, and estimating for the legislature how much money will come into the, into the state treasury because, as you know, they're in Austin right now putting mm -hmm. together a two-year budget. The right. two-year budget doesn't start until September of this year, okay. and then it runs two years after that. So it takes a lot of data collection, looking right. at all the different factors of the state, you know, all 254 counties, 12-plus million people that work in the state, and Texas is literally about the 10th largest economy in the entire world, which is wow. pretty phenomenal. And yeah. so moving pieces of different sectors of the economy, whether it's the finance sector, insurance which is included in that or whether it's professional services retail manufacturing oil and gas sectors healthcare sector all of those different pieces coming together make the state of texas such a large economy and we're an import export state more so than the other 49 states in the nation so okay. that's an important part of the economy especially with trade discussions on the national level what would that potentially do to the state of texas economy so the point being is we're constantly trying to collect all that data and figure out for a very long outlook right. what the state budget is going to be. And to kind of make that point to people is that, you know, is there anyone who's listening can really estimate what will come in their own personal household for the next two years? I mean, it's oh. almost impossible. I don't even know for the next month. Right. You don't know what your job is going to be. You right. don't know what those opportunities will be. And so, you know, then we're trying to take that and factor that in for the whole state economy. So we do a whole lot of other things. I've got 3,000 employees, 26 divisions, but those three core constitutional duties end up being the treasury, tax collection, and then also trying to make sure we estimate how much money will come into the state treasury for the legislature to make appropriate decisions. All right, so you know you were talking about making that to your budget. Right. What, what are the numbers for what we have for this legislative session? How would you compare those numbers to what we've had in previous sessions? So, when we talk about how much money they have coming into the state treasury, you can look at the entire portions of dollars, which a third of that is going to be federal dollars that we pay in taxes to the federal government, and it comes back to the state of Texas, a portion of those that may flow through the state budget, whether that's for transportation, education, health care. But the portion that they have actually discretion over, which is the state-collected portion. So we kind of talk about the total, right. but then we talk about the portion that's really the state dollars, because they don't have much discretion, any, over the federal dollars. They may 
purely passing through the state budget on different programs, sometimes matched with state dollars, okay. sometimes not matched with state dollars. But overall, they have for this coming cycle about $266 billion total dollars, okay, wow. state so and federal, state and federal, which is a significant amount of money. But the state portion of it for this cycle is about $119 billion for the two-year budget, that is. So that's okay. for the t full two years. And if you look at just the state portion, and that's and we really just talk about that a lot, not the whole, right. since they supposedly have a little discretion on how they can move that money around and where they prioritize. And of that portion, the economy in the last year and a half, as I've described over and over, is almost as though it's been through an economic boom. Texas has done very well as an economy. We have what, 360,000 plus job gains in the last wow. 12 months, which two years ago, that was 173,000. Oh, so wow. that shows you lot. the difference between two years ago versus now. So the economy is very strong. Unemployment is at a historical low in Texas. Businesses are doing well overall. So this revenue estimate that we gave them a few weeks ago, estimating how much would come in, is about 8% higher on the state side than it was two years ago. So 8% is a lot compared to normal yeah. budget cycles. So that's very healthy, but I've continued to caution the legislature and talk quite frequently about just because the past 18 months have been very healthy, right. that doesn't necessarily mean the next two years is gonna be as healthy. And now why we, is that? We think the economy is gonna to continue to grow, but it's not as though the economy is gonna to continue to be in a boom. And, and okay. part of that is because the economy rebounded after the downturn in the oil and gas uh -huh. industry, as well as manufacturing those have come back up but then now we're comparing ourselves to new highs month after month revenue collections so in other words we don't expect once we started had the downturn mm -hmm. and then you come back up you essentially have had double digit increases in tax collections from one month to the year before but at some point double digit can't continue right it's got to start moderating back to your historical norms which is probably going to be somewhere around four or five six percent a month which is still very healthy oh yeah just not as healthy as it has been in the last 18 months all right so there's also a rainy day fund yes Do you mind explaining what is the rainy day fund when can it be used i know right. that you've talked about uh, a plan like the legacy fund right. am i correct yes yes no happy to explain it so the state rainy day fund is essentially the state's savings account so okay. if anyone has a savings account that's essentially what it is and back many years ago in the late 1980s texas was principally an oil and gas state mm -hmm. the old economy essentially collapsed texas had a significant contraction like the rest of the nation did in oil and gas and because of that, the legislature decided they would create a state savings account because they had a very hard time putting the budget together when the, that downturn happened in the 80s. But the problem was the revenue stream to that state savings account was oil and gas severance taxes, taxes on oil and gas that comes out of the ground. Right. But we were in an oil bust and there was no more oil coming out of the ground. So, so no my taxes. point, there was nothing coming into this fund. Right. So for the first 15 years, it really didn't have any money in it. And then with technology, capabilities changing, the ability to go into shale, as the words, the, the formations uh, where oil and gas is trapped in, in shale, mm -hmm. and being able to crack that and bring it up out of the ground as they're doing in the Permian Basin and other areas of the state of Texas. Now all of a sudden there's a resurgence. And so if you look at our state savings account today, it has $12 billion in it. Wow. Last November, we put $1.4 billion into that state savings account. The year before that was 740 million. So on an annual basis, 
there's hundreds of millions of dollars going into it. And the legislature, if you look at the history of that fund, it's had about $23 billion put in it. It's had about $11 billion taken out, so therefore the $12 billion that's left. And the legislature can use those resources when, principally for an economic downturn okay. is when they can use it. However, if two-thirds, as in 100 out of 150 members in the Texas House, equally two-thirds over in the state Senate out of, out of the 31 members, votes to take money out, they can take money out for any purpose. However, they his, have historically taken it out for either a one-time expense that, you know, they want to, like last session, improve our hospitals for those that have mental challenges. Mm -hmm. uh, so some of our state homes that were deteriorating in, yeah. in facilities, so they put some money into those, which were desperately needed. During an economic downturn, like this cycle, they will take some out for Hurricane Harvey, the okay. devastation that the state had a year ago right. to make up for what the state needs to pay uh -huh. for Hurricane Harvey destruction. So they can take it out for a wide variety of issues over time, and they'll take some out more than likely, but still $12 billion, put it in perspective, of the 50 states, that's about 20% of the state savings account balances yeah. of all 50 states. So it's very, very healthy. Yeah, twelve billion sounds like a lot. That's a lot of money. <laughs> a lot of money. So I'm gonna kind of pivot over to you know you're talking about the rainy day fund, what they're um, taking out from there. So we see that Governor Abbott has put um, he has a list of five emergency items. So the two that I really want to talk about is public school funding and the property taxes, right. like lowering property taxes. And you see that the House and the Senate have two different budgets about how they really want to fund public schools. Right. And you also came out with a study that stated mm -hmm. that we currently fund public schools at 36%, right. and you think we need to get up to 40% plus inflation. Do you mind kind of giving my listeners a rundown of kind of how the you know, the two budgets are and why you think we really need to increase that funding. Yeah, that's one, one off first, uh, just kind of explain real quickly is the way school finance works, the way we pay for public schools in Texas, it's a combination between us as taxpayers that pay into the state of Texas as the revenues that we collect here at the controller's office and the legislature decides so like how they want to spend. Sales tax, motor vehicle maybe tax. a tax on businesses called the, the right. margins tax, will be uh, motor vehicles, as you mentioned, all the different type hotel taxes, mm -hmm. cigarette taxes, alcohol taxes, but the bulk of it is sales tax. That's the main source of revenue for state government. If you look at all sources, it's going to be roughly 60% of the sources. I mean, that that is what principally is the health of the state budget is depending on how much sales tax. Whereas if you look at cities, counties, school districts, mm -hmm. it's a property tax. But let's talk about school finance portion. There's, it's really a unique marriage between the state and about 1,040 school districts. So in other words, the state pays part of it, the local school district pay part of it based on the property taxes that are collected. And so historically over time, Texas, every morning when we wake up, there's another 1,000 people that call Texas home every right. day. A lot of growth in the state of Texas. And when the school finance system was put into play, no one envisioned the state would grow 1,000 people a day. And so my point being is we see property values rising, mm -hmm. which means in a school finance system, as the local money increases, the state money decreases. So it's almost like, you know, a, 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 a seesaw. One goes up, one goes down. And, and that is historically driven now because of people moving to the state, property values rising. And so what you see the legislature trying to do is put more money into it because that balancing has gotten shifted more and more to local and less state. And so both the House and the Senate have put money into the budget for public education. 
they're both going at it a little bit different. Right. But that's the normal process. You know, they have different ideas. It'll go through a committee process on mm -hmm. both sides. It'll go down to the House floor, the Senate floor, where all the members get to vote on it. And then any differences, they'll come together and figure out how to work those out. But my point is, is that historically in the last 20 years, the state on average has been about 40% and the local share has been 60%. And to try to get back to a 50-50, would be so much money that I, I don't think that that's practical. You know, from okay. from an actual ability of the legislature to put 15 billion new dollars into public education, or more money than that. You know, if if, if we could get to a 40 percent, 60 percent share and keep it over time, then that means the state would be putting in more money, and the local side would not have to put in more money, which then is dealing with what property taxes and so if you could hold those property taxes go down going right. forward because the state's putting in additional money every single year you've essentially solved a lot of the property tax problems in the state of Texas because the average taxpayer in Texas on a property tax side 54% of your property tax bill is usually what ISD so the point is, wow. is the legislature was able to put more money into the public school system going forward uh -huh. on a yearly basis then you would keep that side of the seesaw up, which would mean the local property taxes wouldn't be going up every year, in part for the school funding system. Okay, so school finance and public property taxes are pretty much correlated. To me, they're very linked together. Okay. I mean, in, in part because, again, 54% on average of all the property taxes that we as property taxpayers pay are going to be ISD. And when the ISD school funding is state and local, mm -hmm. anything you can do to balance that out better to where the state puts in more and the local government puts in less, that means that's ultimately going to hold down your property taxes on a local level since that's over half of your property tax bill. And if you live in rural Texas because you don't live in a city, so you mm -hmm. don't have a city property tax, two-thirds of your property tax is ISD. Oh, wow. So rural communities get a lot more impacted that's right. That's right. with property that's right. taxes. Because okay. they, they don't live in a city where those of yeah. us, the bulk, most people in Texas from a population standpoint live in a city. So that's why the average is 54%. So if you live in a city, it's 50%. If you live outside in rural Texas, it's usually two thirds is your school taxes uh -huh. because you don't live in a city. But the average, because more people live in cities than don't, is about 54% across the state. So it's a little confusing, but the yeah. point being more money the state can put in as us as state taxpayers, you're gonna essentially be able to hold down how much we would have to put in as local property taxpayers. That's the short answer. All right. So, and, and I'm going to kind of talk about, um, you know, SB2 that has mm -hmm. been filed about, I guess they want to cap the property tax rate. So if it goes up above two and a half percent, it needs to go for a vote. Right. Correct. Um, do you mind kind of elaborating just a little bit? Like, like to me personally, when I'm looking at it, I'm like, well, wouldn't it be better to first fund school finance and then go through with that type of legislation and if there's a necessity to further... Um, lowering the property taxes and and there are several different pieces of legislation moving that one just happens to be kind of moving and talking about it first as there was a hearing in the senate earlier this week on that bill <coughs> all of it is interlinked and it'll all have to be matched up towards the end of session okay. because the part of the the budget's going to have to fund the school finance portion right and the lowering of property taxes if the legislature ultimately decides so in texas today if on a local government level, cities and counties, your taxes increase by more than 
then it triggers what's called a rollback rate. In other words, it has to go to the voters to approve. Okay. So most times it's always going to be below that. On average, it's, it's nowhere near that number on most cities, most counties, school districts. But the proposal is to if it if it is above two and a half percent, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. now it goes to a vote. So they have to always stay below a two and a half percent increase. And if you look across the state, you know historically you don't have values rising that much but in the last so many years because in part in my, in my opinion because we have so much growth in the state of texas new right. businesses moving here people moving here for job opportunities you know the affordability of texas for homes used to be so much cheaper oh yes <laughs> relative to other major cities in the nation right. now it still is cheaper relative to other cities on the east and west coast however that that affordability is de is slowly eroding and right. that, and that's one of the issues that the legislature and the governor i think wants to address is to make sure people still have that affordability and so therefore they're proposing to lower those property taxes and keep them at two and a half percent increases a year okay that's good to know so i'm going to end this as um, a kind of funny joke yes please tell me what are the best ways to avoid paying taxes? Oh, well, you better live somewhere else. I don't know. Live on an island by yourself, I guess. That's the only way. I did get asked many years ago uh, when I got in this job from one of my former Senate colleagues, can you tell me what taxes do people like to pay? And I told him I'm happy to answer that. I got the answer right here. I came prepared, and they looked at me like, you got to be kidding me. There's really a tax people like to pay? And so I took my notes, I turned them over, and I held the piece of paper up, and I said, it's right here, and it was a blank piece of paper. The point <laughs> is, nobody likes paying any kind of taxes. So I think the only way you're going to avoid it is find an island where you can live by yourself, and then that way you're in charge and you don't have to pay any taxes. All right. <laughs> it's great to be with you today. Thank you so much, Comfortable Hager. Absolutely. I really appreciate enjoyed it. enjoyed it a lot. Thank you. Thanks. All right, folks, and that's our segment for today. I hope you all wised up and learned about how uh, the Texas legislature works in terms of the budgetary uh, restrictions that are um, given, how the budget is allocated, um, and the correlation between um, property taxes and public school funding. So again, just to reiterate what the comptroller stated is that if this Texas legislature begins to fund more money into public education. You know, right now we're at 36%. He recommends 40%. Of course, there are other um, think tanks that recommend even more or some even less. Um, but in essence, um, more money that is put into um, public school funding by the state government will in essence lower the property taxes because as of right now, um, a lot of school districts are um, counting on the property taxes to help pay uh, for public schools. So it should be interesting to see how the House and the Senate come together to really put together a package on how to properly fund public schools because as we know, our public schools are not being funded very well. Um, there have been very many issues such as teachers not being paid, infrastructure issues, and again, people really complaining about how high and exorbitant their property taxes are, as I'm sure we can all kind of agree on. So I hope you all enjoyed this segment. And don't forget that um, 
your Texas legislature is in session right now and the laws that they pass are going to impact you so much more on a day-to-day basis compared to what's happening in the federal government. So I hope you all are paying attention. Of course, at Wise Up Texas, we will be posting things on social media about legislation that's really important for our community. And um, and I so I hope you guys will continue to be paying attention. And remember, everyone, let's get educated, let's get wiser, and let's definitely start giving a hoot. Until next time.